Welcome dear listeners to this week's episode of the Gita series offering my most loving pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet. I invite you all to resume and join me in this pilgrimage which we take week after week. This is Prem your friend from Team Radio Sai from our studios at Prashantinilayam. We are going through the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita as of now. We have uh, I think fairly somewhere around the midway mark. We completed three verses last week. Verse number 20, 21 and 22. As always probably we'll begin with a short summary of the verses we covered last time and the verses we're going to be covering today are come under the same theme or topic as such so in that sense uh, we'll be continuing that the verse number 20 krishna concludes his example of the gnanis who continue to act with the example of janaka saying that there are people like him who have attained ultimate through karma yoga and have continued to perform their duties even after they have attained enlightenment in the same verse in the second line of that same verse krishna says keeping in mind the welfare of the world you must continue to act just like how these great kings like janaka continued to act even after there was nothing for them to attain from the world they continued to act for the benefit of the world in verse number 21 krishna explains how whatever a wise person does becomes a precedent for everybody to follow right and uh, we will speak about this way of acting where one sets an example to others and continues to act so that the others can follow that example that is being set so in this verse number 27 krishna explains how a gnani even though he does not have anything to gain through his actions he does not have any desire even to get name fame or anything like that he continues to act because that is the example people will follow from verse number 22 in fact verses 22 23 and 24 krishna is going to give himself as an example he gave the example of janaka and as we saw last time even though janaka is quite a popular character and must have been more popular in the dwapar yuga i'm sure even then he's a character of a bygone age thousands of years ago someone has lived so krishna is giving an example to arjuna of himself he says look at me i do not have anything to gain i am a person who has nothing to receive from this and nothing to gain from this war and even then he is there right in the forefront of the battle he is there in front of arjuna as the charioteer probably he is at the firing uh, range more than arjuna himself he is endangering himself So Krishna is saying why would I do this when I do not have anything to gain from this war anything to gain from this world in fact he says three lokeshu in the three worlds I do not have anything to gain I do not have anything that is left unaccomplished that I need to accomplish with my actions he says still I continue to act so that was verse number 22 and as i said it's going to be a continuation of that the next two verses Krishna is going to further give himself as an example and speak further about it. We'll proceed with the verses. Verses number twenty-three is what we'll start with. We'll listen to it in Brother Sham's voice. I'll give you a brief summary of the meaning of that verse, and then we will discuss in detail about what Krishna is explaining in this part of the Bhagavad Gita. Yadi yahanna varteyam. जातुकर्मण्यतंद्रिता मम वर्तमे 
For were I not to act without ceasing, O Partha, people would be glad to do likewise. That's the meaning of verse number 23. So Krishna made it very, very clear that he has nothing to gain from the world, but still he continues to act. And in this verse, he explains why he continues to act. Of course, it is a reiteration, as I said, of uh, what he had explained earlier in general. Now he is explaining it with himself as an example. He says, Yadi hi aham na varteyam. Because if I do not engage jatu forever or unceasingly, karmani atandritaha, in action enthusiastically. Atandritaha means enthusiastically, or more precisely, it means without showing any weariness. Mama Vartma, my path, Anuvartante Manushyaha, the people will follow Sarvashaha in every way. So he says there will always be people who will follow blindly because this is a very universal idea if you look at it. We see a person who is very successful, and let us say that we are trying to reach success in the same field. Let's say I'm an investor, I will look at a successful investor. If I want to become a successful cricketer, a cricketer who is already successful becomes my hero. I want to become a singer, an accomplished singer. Someone who has already achieved that becomes a role model for you. That would happen so often in our hostel, especially if you're looking at someone who's probably a singer or who is very close to Swami. You will look at that person and you will try to emulate whatever that person is doing, thinking that probably that will take you closer to Swami or that will give you the chances that that person has got. So this is a very universal nature where you tend to follow all that a person does when you look at that person, when you start adoring that person, when you start looking up to that person as a hero. And that's why they say imitation is the best form of flattery or you could even say the best form of adoration. right? So that is the idea even that is there behind hero worship. When we look up to a person as a hero, we strive to become all that the person is. So Krishna is saying, even though I have no reason to act, I have nothing to become, I have nothing to attain, I have nothing to prove, but I still act because the moment I stop acting, all these people will also give up their actions. So I act and I not merely act, but I act with enthusiasm and energy. We'll come to that a little later. So he says, I continue to perform my action and I continue to act as enthusiastically as one is supposed to act. And this was the shloka I made a reference to when we were discussing about uh, the shlokas that generally get misinterpreted, right? There Krishna describes Anyani as a person who is so self-contained that he has no duties to perform. There Krishna did not say that such a person who has no duty also continues to act, but speaking about himself and he is giving himself as an example of Anyani like that, he says, I still act. So which is uh, a clue to us that even there Krishna is saying that Anyani acts even though he does not categorically say so. Of course, that he said in the previous verse that he continues to act. But here in this particular verse, Krishna gives the reason why he continues to act. He says, if he doesn't act, people will only be happy to follow Q and not act themselves. It will make no difference to Krishna acting and not acting. But those who are unwise who will see him and not act for them, it might be a wrong thing because they will be skipping their duty. So there are two important points that are conveyed here 
in this particular shloka and in fact even the previous one one is even when a person reaches the state of complete selflessness or detachment the person must continue with karma that is one very clear idea and the other one is almost every action an avatar performs is to set an example and i'm clearly saying almost every action because it's for a particular reason we'll come to that but these are two things which come out very clearly from this verse and the verse that we covered before this last week there's something more that we need to talk about this verse but probably we'll go to the next verse also we will discuss the meaning of that verse because these two verses are closely related because krishna is explaining that he is doing whatever he does for a purpose and that purpose is to set an example and that idea continues even in the next verse so we will listen to the next verse in brother shyam's voice i'll give you a short meaning of that and then we will discuss both of these verses together utsi deyuri me loka नकुर्यां कर्म चेदहं संकरस्य च कर्तास्याम उपहन्यामि माफ प्रजाः दीस वर्ल्ड्स वुड पेरिश इफ आई वर नॉट टू परफॉर्म एक्शन एंड आई वुड बी अ कॉज ऑफ कंफ्यूजन एंड आई वुड डिस्ट्रॉय दीस पीपल सो दैट्स वर्स नंबर 24 when people don't have heroes to look up to or rather if the heroes they look up to give them the wrong message it will only lead to chaos right and that's something that we repeatedly see in our society especially when we don't look up to the right heroes or we look up to the right heroes and we misread the signs that they give us or the examples that they set for us and this is one thing that swami would repeatedly tell us especially while he's speaking to students when he's speaking to youth in general swami would say that i want people who can live exemplary lives not only good lives exemplary lives because swami would say i want to hold you as examples to others adarshavantalu kavali swami would say i want people whom i can hold up as examples for others such people who are merely good but those that do good even when there is nothing to gain from it in this verse krishna says chetaham if i karma na kuryam don't perform actions ime loka the worlds utsideyuhu will be ruined cha and sankarasya of the confusion upahanya of the destruction imaha prajaha of all these people syam karta i would be the cause so he says that if i do not perform this entire world will be ruined and i would be the cause for the confusion that is set forth so krishna has nothing to gain from any of this but his actions will always be a precedent for others to follow and so he says i must act this particular shloka is if you look at it keenly is also a hint at krishna's divinity itself he says that if i don't act the whole world is going to be ruined we'll talk about that example setting aspect of what krishna is saying here in a short while because that is the context right because even when he spoke about the jnani he said the same thing now he is giving himself as an example so that is the context and that definitely should be the main focus of our discussion but then if you really look at the 
टाइम एंड कॉन्टेक्स्ट ऑफ वॉट कृष्णा इज स्पीकिंग कृष्णा इज स्पीकिंग अबाउट द द्वापरयुगा वेन यू नो ही इज देयर ही इज अ वेरी पॉपुलर फिगर इन द भारतवर्ष और इन द सब कॉन्टिनेंट ऑल द किंगडम्स न्यू अबाउट हिम एंड इवन अमंग द पीपल हु ऑल न्यू अबाउट हिम नॉट एवरीबडी वॉज फेवरेबली डिस्पोज टूवर्ड्स हिम नॉट एवरीबडी लुकड अप टू हिम एज ए हीरो राइट एंड वी आर टॉकिंग अबाउट ओनली द इंडियन सब कॉन्टिनेंट नोइंग हिम सो कृष्णा इज सेंग दैट इफ आई डोंट एक्ट आई विल बी सेटिंग अ रॉन्ग एग्जाम्पल बट इट वुड बी अ स्ट्रेच ऑफ आर इमेजिनेशन टू से दैट बाई दैट द रूविन ऑफ द वर्ल्ड विल बी कॉस्ट बिकॉज फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल ही इज पॉपुलर ओनली इन द इंडियन सब कॉन्टिनेंट एंड इन द इंडियन सब कॉन्टिनेंट देर आर प्रोबेबली मच फ्यूअर हु आर लुकिंग अप टू हिम एज एन एग्जाम्पल एंड प्रोबेबली इवन इन दोज पीपल हु आर लुकिंग अप टू हिम एज एन एग्जाम्पल ओनली फ्यू विल बी फूलिश इनफ टू फॉलो विदाउट थिंकिंग वट एवर ही इज डूइंग सो वॉट कृष्णा इज सेंग यर मे बी अ स्लाइट एग्जैजरेशन दैट ही डज नॉट एक्ट सींग इज एग्जाम्पल एवरी वन वुड बिकम आइडल एंड सो द वर्ल्ड इट सेल्फ वुड बी रूइंड There's one portion in the Gita Vahini where Swami speaks of something that is not directly mentioned in the Gita, and it's very interesting that Swami puts in this particular paragraph, which does not have an equivalent shloka in the Bhagavad Gita, because I think it is addressing this particular hint that Krishna is trying to drop, which is actually between the lines. Probably I'll just read out that portion from Swami first, and then I will explain what Swami is telling there. Sami says and I quote Arjuna pay attention to just one fact how warm is your body now it may be about 98 degrees how did that happen because the sun bears many million times this heat at that distance isn't it now if the sun feels that it will not put up with all that fire and becomes cool what will happen to humanity again if i desist from action imagine what will be the fate of this vast universe of activity that is why i am engaged in action remember that not that i derive any profit thereby or get any good or any fruit end of quote a couple of lines before this message in gita vahini swami also speaks about the elements like fire and water and how they play their parts and just as how the world would perish when the sun moon water air fire all of these stop functioning krishna is saying the world will perish if i do not act i mean just to think of that imagine fire chooses that one fine day that i am going to stop being hot you know you put the kettle on the stove or you put your cooker on the stove and you light it up there is the fire but it is not heating up the food imagine if that were to happen the elements decide to not do what is their nature and here krishna is giving a direct analogy between these elements performing their action and he performing action so a clear indication that he is referring to himself as the supreme nature as the inner motivator of all of these things but that's a different point altogether but krishna is just dropping that hint and i thought this small paragraph as swami speaks of this because swami also says that here He's saying just like how the sun does not desist from doing its nature duty, and if it does, the world will be ruined. If I cease to act, the world will be ruined. So not only is it a reference to the example setting aspect which we will talk about, but it is also about that Krishna being the supreme motivator, 
within all of these creation and within all of these natural forces too that he is dropping a hint at but he is not dwelling too much into that so we'll go back to the aspect which is the context of this particular shloka in the beginning arjuna also was choosing that action that he would not participate in the war based on a logic which was very very similar to this because he said that you know if i do this the kings to come will follow my example and they will think that it is all right to fight for the kingdom even if it were to kill your kith and kin right he was giving the same argument of course he was a little confused then the difference here is when krishna is saying that i am doing all of this because i will be setting a bad example if you look at it actually krishna's idea the krishna's motive is even more purer than what arjuna spoke about in the beginning though they are similar to a certain extent because krishna does not even have the idea or that there is no intention or feeling that if i set a bad example people will come and speak ill of me right if you look at what arjuna said there was a tone of that that people will mock at me people will look at me and say that oh i am such a bad person but when krishna says that i have to set a good example there is no selfishness that if i don't set a good example people will speak ill of me or when i set a good example people will will worship me it's actually quite difficult even to explain because we are talking of a selflessness which is of a far superior category and we are trying to look at it from our limited understanding so when krishna says that i have nothing to gain from all of this he has got nothing to gain truly in that sense and out of that kind of selflessness the actions are coming right so he saying that though krishna is saying i will be the cause of confusion if i don't act honestly speaking krishna is not even bothered about the infamy that would come if he sets a bad example in the beginning i had said that almost all actions of the avatar can be followed and i said i'll explain why i said almost and not all actions right this is a very very important thing because a lot of us look at whatever swami has done and we say that swami has said my life is my message and so whatever swami has done is something that i need to emulate and we know a lot of people who get confused in that matter but truly speaking if we observe the lives of the avatars of rama krishna or even swami for that matter we would find that there are a lot of controversial actions a lot of actions that they have performed which we cannot come to terms with we cannot wrap our minds around and uh, once in fact swami was talking about these actions and swami was telling why do avatars perform such actions there are two broad reasons you could give for them and uh, swami has spoken about this himself swami would say that you know when an avatar performs an action which is not directly understandable or reachable through reason swami said then people will think more about it people will tend to study that action more and through that process one they will think more about the lord the second is they will get a better understanding of the nature of the lord and thereby one's own nature that was one aspect and the other aspect that swami was telling is that when inspired by love for a devotee the lord will transcend any kind of boundary or any kind of lines of morality that have to be maintained in society right so these are two things swami says that might inspire the actions of the lord and that is why when you look at the lord's actions they have to be studied before they are followed you cannot take them as they are in fact there is the very beautiful uh, 
part in the Bhagavatam where Sukumarshi is explaining about one of the most controversial actions that Krishna performs, the action that he performed in the time of the Rasalila. And that time, uh, there's a very, very beautiful part. Probably sometime when we get an opportunity, we should dwell more only on that portion because it's very, very useful for us to look at Swami's life in that light of that discussion. There, uh, Sukumarshi gives a very beautiful example. He says, see, you have your digestive power inside your body. We call it the Jataragni, which means it's a form of fire. And then you have fire itself in its absolute form, which is a burning flame. When a fire is there in its absolute form, it can consume anything. It can consume rotten food, it can burn a rotting tree, it can burn a fresh green tree. But the same fire when it is in the human form, in this small form of the Jataragni, you have to choose the right kind of food to put into it, right? Same is the case with the avatar. An avatar is also, you know, we are also in a sense an avatar if you have to look at it that way because the jivatma is one and the same with the paramatma. But when the Lord comes down in a human form in his absoluteness, the difference is like fire and the jatragni within. We cannot look at the Lord's action and say that he has done all of these actions so I can do it. And Sukumarshi says that if you tend to do that, if you incline to do something like that, it will only lead you to ruin. So he says every action of the avatar has to be deeply studied before one follows it. In fact, uh, we're talking about the Mahabharata where there's going to be a portion where at one point, Arjuna, after all the Bhagavad Gita and after all the learning, he's still not gotten over this idea that he has to fight against these elders that he so much reveres. So it comes to a point where Bhishma is on a rampage. He's killing hundreds of thousands of the warriors from the Pandava side. And Arjuna is still not able to get himself to fight against Bhishma with his full might. And Krishna senses this and at one point Krishna pretends to get really vexed. He jumps out of the chariot and he tells Arjuna that I know that you are not going to you know, fight against Bhishma with your full might. So let me myself finish him off. And he picks up one of the wheels of a broken chariot which is there, takes it in his hand like the Sudarshan Chakra and rushes towards Bhishma. At that point, Arjuna jumps out of the chariot and holds Krishna's feet and he says, Krishna, don't do this. Because if you do this, generations to come will say that, oh, Krishna broke his own word. right? So at that point, if you look at what Krishna was doing, Krishna was not worried about setting a bad example. Krishna was not worried about him getting a bad name. In fact, many, many times if you look at Swami's actions, there are many, many things which Swami does which probably we cannot give explanations to, we cannot understand to. I'm, I'm sure each one of us will have a list. Why did Swami do this? And why did Swami speak to that person? And why did Swami behave in this manner? Why are these controversies there? There are many, many things that we probably cannot give answers to. Because from Swami's point of view, when he is doing something with absolute selflessness for a devotee or for any of the other reasons that we spoke about, he does not care about infamy and Swami has said this many, many times. When I'm doing something for a devotee, I do not care if people misunderstand me. I do not care if infamy comes. And that is the nature of Swami's love and selflessness. So when an avatar acts from such selflessness, it is like that fire in its full nature. It can gobble up anything. He can do anything and it is right. There is no way it can be wrong. But having said that, in spite of that, you would also find, on the other hand, Swami would 
follow certain disciplines so scrupulously that it would again confuse you you know why would swami have to do this isn't swami beyond these disciplines is swami beyond these narrow ideas that he follows but at such times swami would say no if i dilute it in my actions the people who are observing me will dilute it even further so swami would say no i have to set an example and that's why swami says my life is my message right and some of these things that we will never be able to understand we will say why swami is doing this why swami is being so strict with himself why can't swami you know probably enjoy a little more luxuries there are some things where swami is very very particular about gender segregation it is understandable that swami wanted us as students to follow it but why was swami himself following it so scrupulously it's because swami was setting an example for all of us so in that sense when i said that almost all actions of the avatar can be understood it's both of these things which krishna is speaking about one is he is always setting an example for others and the other is that whatever krishna does or whatever swami is doing for us is born out of absolute selflessness and that selflessness actually qualifies all actions as good no action that is born out of such pure love and pure selflessness can be bad but seeing that we might end up doing something which is absolutely unacceptable right similarly all actions of krishna or all actions of swami are justifiable as i said because they're coming out of that selflessness so if krishna had decided that i'm not going to act i'm not going to participate in this war it would have definitely been the right thing to do but when we do not understand what gives krishna that right or what gave swami the right to do whatever he did we may see him or see those actions as they are or inaction as it was and we will end up following it and in the process we would be harming ourselves right but to reach that state where krishna was where whatever he did was right we will have to perform actions the way he performed we will have to perform actions the way swami performed and how is that krishna says loka kalyanam krishna had said utsi deyuhu ime loka this world will be ruined na kuryam karma chetaham if i do not perform actions so he says the world will be ruined if i do not perform actions which means the corollary of that is when i perform actions i am thinking about loka kalyanam or the benefit the world will have right and this is something that swami would also very repeatedly say that whatever i do i do it only for loka kalyanam swami would say you know when he's spending so much time with the students swami would say that why do you think i'm spending so much time with you is it because that you're all great devotees is it because i'm very fond of you or you have something to give me and i have something to gain from you swami would say no every moment i'm spending with you this is something which swami had told the students i'm doing it with the loka kalyanam in my mind right so whatever swami does he does it for loka kalyanam and that is one hint that has been given to us of how we can tend towards that nature that krishna represented because when krishna is giving himself as an example which means whatever we are striving to reach krishna is the perfection of that striving krishna is that perfection of that state which we will reach at the end of that striving so the hint that he is giving here is can you perform whatever you perform for loka kalyanam now what is regular karma let's go back to the basics one point that we mentioned many many times till now normal karma is always propelled by raga and dvesha 
what I like, what I dislike. How do we define what is Raga and what is Dvesha? We have an idea of the self, which is first me, my body, and probably the people who are closest to me, my dearest family or my parents, my spouse and all of those people. Then there is the self, which is a little larger than these people who are directly related to me. Probably my neighborhood, probably my colleagues, the company where I work in and things like that. And then there is a circle which is larger, which could probably include my city, my country or so on. Now imagine this to be three concentric circles. The one which is closest to me is me, my body and my dear ones. Then there is the larger circle which as I said is the people who are around you. And then there is the circle which encompasses probably the entire nation or the entire world. The more selfish a person is, the actions that he performs will be concentrated in the innermost circle. And even as one becomes more and more mature and selfless, along with doing actions that are directly beneficial only to the people in the inner circle, the person will also start doing actions which are beneficial to the people in the circle around. So a person who acts in this manner is actually not necessarily spiritual or noble It is only a cultured person, right? If you're moving in the society, there's somebody who is sitting down and, you know, somebody who trips and falls, you come and help them. Where you're sitting, you see an elderly person coming in, you give that elderly person your seat in the train or in the bus. These are seen as signs of being a cultured person where you think of the benefit of the people around you who are not directly related to you, right? But if someone is truly able to dedicate one's life for a larger good of, let's say, the, the nation or the society or the environment of the whole world or whatever it is, we will look upon that person as being selfless and noble, right? So there is a selfish nature, then there is a little more refined culture, a person who is a cultured person, an educated person, some you would say an ed- educated person should be like this, who is concerned about the welfare of people around him. And then comes a person who is noble and selfless, who is able to constantly think of Loka Kalyanam, right? But when I say myself, when I define this idea of myself, it is all of these circles put together. I may or may not do actions sacrificing the benefits of my family and for the nation, but my nation being good is also part of me being good. For example, even as I'm speaking here, there's a World Cup match going on where India is playing, right? And I'm not going to benefit in any way by India winning or not winning. But still there is the desire, oh, India should win and this is my nation and you know it would be nice if my nation wins and my nation lifts the World Cup. Because in some way, we define this idea of the self with all of these. And then we start deciding what action that we must do, right? And as I progress spiritually, I will relate myself or this idea of myself with more and more people around me. I will look at an expansive idea of the self, right? And that is what Swami would say that as you grow spiritually, you should develop that Vishalabhavam or the feeling of expansiveness. Swami would say from Vyashti Tattvam, from the individual idea, you should go to Samashti Tattvam, where you look at the whole society and see all of them as part of yourself and you can be happy only when there is benefit for all of them. And Swami says from that Vyashti to Samashti, Samashti to Swami says Srishti, where you look at all of nature and then you can slowly head towards that Parameshti or your identification with the Supreme. So now going back to the idea of Raga and Dvesha, 
Raga is defined as what I feel is going to benefit this idea of myself and Dvesha is what I think is disagreeable to this idea of myself. In other words, the whole idea of Raga and Dvesha is actually based on selfishness and selfishness is based on this idea of the self, right? So even when I'm doing something for the larger good, even when I'm doing something for the nation, for the society at large, my actions are still going to be driven by Raga and Dvesha, right? But the narrow self-concept is going to gradually reduce and it's going to become a very expansive idea. So now look at Krishna's nature as he describes it himself. He says, I act for the welfare of the world, which means all his karma is based on the idea of the self, which is expansive, so expansive that it includes the entire society or the entire world around. So let us say we develop this attitude of looking at the whole society or nation or in the world for that matter as part of ourself. Then I'm actually likely to become more and more selfless, isn't it? And this is a nature or an approach to life which Swami would say that we all have to develop. So when we develop this attitude, even when performing our simple duties, there will be selflessness. So when Swami inspires us to do seva, he says, go out and you know serve the society, serve the people in the society, it is actually this bhavam or the feeling that we are inculcating into us. Swami would often say that you don't go and serve people as though you are at a higher state and you are being a benefactor to a person who is at a lower state. Swami says you go out and do seva with the feeling that here is somebody whose pain I cannot bear to see. It hurts me to see that person in pain and so I am going and serving that person. It is nothing but you expanding the idea of yourself from saying that I will be hurt only if me and my dear family is hurt to the idea that even if a person on the street is being hurt, I am going to feel hurt. You are actually expanding this idea of the self. So this concept of going out and doing seva is nothing but bringing in that Vishalabhavam and that is something, it's a change in the way we think. So that will not go away. So Swami says you go out and do seva and that will reflect even in the actions that you perform as your duty, right? So one, expand the idea of the self, saying that I cannot be happy if those around are not happy and then bring in small acts of selflessness, right? And this is something that Swami would often tell us to do. This can be inculcated in every small act that we do. Let's say when we meet someone, when we make friends, when we spend time with someone, can we try to think less about how will I benefit from this person or how will I benefit from this meeting or how will I benefit from this discussion that I'm having with this person and thinking that maybe this is useful to that person, right? Because if you look at it, how often we get into this thinking, do I need to spend time on this person or do I need to spend time giving attention to this person? What will I benefit from this? Right? Can we distance ourselves from that idea by thinking that maybe I will do what is the right thing? And this can be seen as simple acts of kindness that we always talk about. The reason I'm reiterating this so much is we can see how the idea of goodness leads us on in the spiritual path. In the earlier verses where Krishna spoke about the concept of yajna, we could see how having gratitude and being sincere and diligent in duty is so important. And here we can see the importance of the general idea of selflessness 
the simple good nature of being pleasant even to a person who probably cannot give anything to us in return and the ability to relate to others pain all of this idea of expansiveness all of this contribute to a spiritual path if we honestly review ourselves we will see that you know most of these traits are in us it's not that these are traits that we need to import from outside we all have this and as devotees in our attempt to please swami what we are doing is all of these small small traits will become the regular norm in our life we will start making this our nature and the reason why i feel that this is very very important to reiterate in this particular portion where krishna is speaking about himself and giving himself as an example and he says i do whatever i do for loka kalyanam there is nothing for me to benefit still i will do it and i will do it with enthusiasm we'll come to that point it's a very very important point that he makes he says that i do it because it is going to benefit someone else right so this basic idea of goodness is the foundation for a spiritual path and many times in the pursuit of the spiritual and the pursuit of the ultimate we overlook the importance of these small acts of goodness or this simple good nature yes vedanta is very very important yes we should all have spiritual goals we have to think about moksha yes we we have to believe that we are not this body and all of that is absolutely right we all have to strive to have all of that namasmarana sadhana all of that but the foundation is always this basic goodness that can i be kind to a person who will not benefit me in any way am i ready to spend time for a person who will benefit from my time but there is no way i am going to benefit from it but still i will do it right so that is the important thing i feel krishna is mentioning in these two verses before we move to the next shloka probably we'll summarize these three verses again where krishna is giving himself as an example in verse number 22 he said there is nothing for me to achieve or attain still i act why does he act he explains that in the next verse he says because if i don't act people will take that as an example and they will also not act and when that happens there will be chaos in society so that is what krishna said in these three verses before we go to the next verse which is verse number 25 let me make a quick point before we get there we spoken about this briefly last week too i want to make this point specifically in regard with the sai organization or say the sai center that we go to in our journey towards swami the organization or the setup of the organization which includes the samiti the sai center the balvikas classes the ssc classes or for the matter even the ashram and the organization as a whole all of these with all their disciplines and regulations and restrictions is something like uh, when we used to learn to ride a bicycle we would have these balancing wheels which are basically two wheels which are attached which makes a bicycle a four wheeler in a sense right the idea is till you learn balancing these two wheels will help you so all of these things that swami has set up the organization and all that goes with that is like the balancing wheels now if you look at these balancing wheel it's a very very interesting concept the very purpose of that balancing wheel is so that one day you will not need them right if you're going to ride a bicycle constantly with those balancing wheels there's no point in that the balancing wheels are there the very purpose of their existence is that they should become redundant one day right similarly we should not need a place we should not 
need a system we should not need an ashram we should not need an organization to connect with swami because he is the indweller so we have been given this entire infrastructure so that one day all of this will become redundant in our relationship with swami right this is a very very important point that we have to keep in mind definitely we should come to a state where we don't need any of these props to help us connect to swami we should not need an organization we should not need a sai center we should not need anything external to be able to connect to swami the very purpose of all of this is so that one day they will become redundant just like the balancing wheels that we use when we ride a bicycle right but even as our dependence on this setup wanes which will happen and which is supposed to happen as we progress spiritually we must continue to foster them because they will be helpful for the next generation of devotees who will come into this setup right i might have overgrown the disciplines that this place holds i might have outgrown the need of this entire setup the regulations which are there the disciplines which have been put there by swami and that should happen right we should not be stuck in that but even as we outgrow these props we should ensure to keep them intact so that the next generation that comes will be able to use it so i might not need the disciplines which are there in the sai center but i should still continue to foster it because there is going to be another set of people who will come and for them this discipline will be useful right and that's what krishna is saying that i don't have to act i don't need to do my actions at all but if i don't act there will be another set of people for whom action is important for whom doing their duty is important but they will look at me and say that oh here is the lord who does not act so i will also not act that person not acting becomes a sin similarly we should and will come to a state where we will not need the disciplines given in these setups by swami but still we must foster it because seeing us there will be somebody who will look at it and say that oh probably i don't need this for a spiritual journey right and i think this is a very very important point in fact that's the point that krishna is going to make in the next verse i just gave it as a, a precursor to that we will listen to that verse and we'll talk about this a little more because this is a very very important point practically for all of us too so we'll listen to verse number 25 and then we'll discuss about it सक्ताकर्मण्यविद्वांसो यथाकुर्वन्तिभारतकुर्यादिद्वांस्तथासक्तःचिकीर्षुर्लोकसंग्रहम् As the ignorant act because of their attachment to action so should the wise act but without such attachment fixing their eyes o arjuna only on the welfare of the world that's verse number 25 what i was telling you just before i began playing that verse for you we may have outgrown certain disciplines and one of the classic examples that i can give is like the gender segregation that is so very dear to swami which we follow in all the sai centers which we follow in the ashram or singing bhajans aloud we might have reached the state where we don't need bhajan singing we don't need to wear whites we don't need to follow these physical disciplines which swami speaks of we might have reached the state of an avduta where we don't need all of these things but if a person who has become spiritually matured discards these 
or does not follow these things the youngsters will come will say that you know i want to be spiritual but see this person he's beyond these systems he's beyond all of these so you know he is my idol and he is whom i want to become or she is whose state i want to reach so people will start doing the same things without realizing that for that person it does not matter but as a beginner in the path you need it right so that is why even as we grow spiritually even as we outgrow some of these disciplines especially if we are in roles where people will look at us and follow what we do it becomes very very important to hold on to these things so krishna says that even when you become wise continue to act and interestingly he says just like how an unenlightened person would act but with a slight difference you must act without attachment and with only the welfare of others in mind he says bharata o arjuna avidvamso those that are unwise saktaha karmani who are attached to action yatha kurvanti the way these people act who those who are avidvamso who are unwise and who are saktaha karmani who are attached to action just as they act kuryat vidwan tatha the vidwan or the learned or the wise one he must also act the same way kuryat vidwan tatha just as how a unwise person acts with attachment to action a vidwan should act the same way he says but asaktaha with detachment the avidwan does it with saktaha karmani or attachment to action but the vidwan must do the same action with asaktaha or detachment also chikirshuhu loka sangraha chikirshuhu means desiring to do as shankara explains it kartum ichchuhu means chikirshuhu with the desire to do something so he says chikirshuhu loka sangraha with the welfare of others you should desire to do with the welfare of others in mind for protection of others so the vidwan or the wise one will do with the desire to bring forth or to cause the welfare of others so the definition of what is to be done is same for all define your duty discriminate what is right and wrong but the regular or the normal person the unwise person will do this driven by self benefit in mind and that will make them attached to the consequences right the wise have to do the same act same way defining what is duty and you know discriminating of course discrimination becomes spontaneous in the case of a wise person but action should be very very similar which means what is the duty that is prescribed has to be done but without attachment and with a view of benefiting others so here when krishna says saktaha karmani attached to action it does not mean being attached directly to action a regular person is attached to a certain result which he is trying to effect through the action that he is performing right he sees action as a means to achieve what he has placed his desire on so in that way he is attached to the actions that he is performing the wise person knows that there is nothing for him to achieve right that's what krishna has been saying that he is complete in himself so he is not attached to any future occurrence in that sense and in that way he is not attached to action there's no idea that i should earn a million dollars i should have this car or i should become famous you know 
people should know me or people should know me as a wise person there is no such attachment in that sense so when he does not have any attachment to a future occurrence he automatically does not have any attachment to action too so he does not see action as a means to anything so such a person can see just the duty quotient in the action that has to be performed and as krishna says that do actions in a manner that it will benefit others apart from directly benefiting them it is also the benefit that they will get by observing such a person in action so what does krishna mean by saying just like one who is doing action with attachment you do it without action so what is the similarity that krishna is referring to the similarity is in enthusiasm as i said sometime back with that same energy and enthusiasm krishna says i act with that same enthusiasm without a dip in my energy right so when krishna says just as how a person who is attached to action acts even a wise one must act but with detachment so where is the similarity the similarity is in that enthusiasm with which one has to act can i act with the same enthusiasm and energy when i have nothing to gain and when i have something to gain so this is actually the practical challenge that krishna is giving there are some things if we do we will directly benefit out of it there are some things that we do there will be no benefit out of it and we can see that there is a difference in the way we approach these two things can we bring these two things to a level way of looking at it in our life if there is nothing for me to gain from it and if there is all stake in it will i still act with the same enthusiasm right that is the challenge that krishna is giving so krishna is telling arjuna that the wise man will act with the same enthusiasm but will not be bogged down by failure or be excited when there are apparently pleasant results to be got and this is a trait that we all have noticed in swami right that enthusiasm with which swami would do something it would be so infectious anything that swami takes up anything that swami would do there would be so much of energy in whatever swami does and whatever these three or four verses that krishna says here as i said it is one thing is it is giving us hint as to how we must lead our life and the other thing is it gives us a view of how the lord works how swami carried himself the other day i happened to go to the primary school at prashantinilayam for some uh, errand and i i was just standing there under one of these staircases leading to the dorms there is a a old looking curio case which was there right nothing spectacular about it it was a boxy little curio case and there were some items there which all looked a bit old and you know nothing fancy about it i was just standing there and i was wondering why was that thing there it did not serve really any purpose in that sense or it was not having anything really exotic so one of the teachers who were, was there who came up to me and said you know this curio case this thing is has been set up by swami and i said it has been set up by swami and she went on to say how it was the time when i think one of the government bodies which inspects the schools that were supposed to come right they had sent an intimation that they are coming for a visit as they do to all the schools which are recognized under the central board uh, uh, syllabus right so swami one day came to the hostel the primary school and said you know this body is coming so clean all of these places swami gave instructions how each one each thing has to be done how the garden has to be done up and all of that and then swami was walking past this particular place and swami said hey this place is empty right then it would be nice if there is a curio case here or if there is something here which which something uh, catches the people's attention you know swami has said that 
and then immediately sami said you know what i will send a something which can be kept here and within a short while this curio case was there and shortly thereafter sami himself came with all these curio items and sami started arranging all of these things the lord who's running the universe what reason does he have to do something like this there are millions of schools all schools belong to him this is one of the schools which he has set up of course and there is this body which is coming to recognize the school or inspect the school or whatever it is he's got nothing to gain from this but see the enthusiasm and the energy which swami puts into every small thing that he did that was the most fascinating thing and you know in the name of spirituality we become dull and we become laid back thinking that oh there is nothing for me to achieve so i'll become and one of the elders once told me he said there is always in the spiritual path the danger of mistaking tamas for sattva right because the same thing happens but if you look at swami it was always that that pure energy and enthusiasm right and it is very very difficult to understand swami's actions from our thinking of selfishness there are a lot of things happening in the devotees circle there are some students who are pretending to be swami there are devotees who are cheating other devotees and we see all of these people and you know when we look at them there are people who have spent many many years with swami swami has given them so much attention many times this thought occurs to us swami why did you spend so much time on these people why did you give these people so many times and to be honest all of us think of it that way swami's nature is when he is giving to a person he does not even care if that person is going to come back and harm his own name or his own institutions when he is doing something he is doing it 100% it is very very difficult for us to really comprehend that nature of swami and just what krishna is saying he's there right in the middle of the battlefield he's there in the action but he's just beyond all of that and he's completely selfless and unless we gravitate towards that selflessness we will not be able to understand where this is coming from and, and it's a different kind of an energy and that's why when we've seen swami we've seen that enthusiasm just like how if i am running a school and if somebody is going to inspect that school i will want my school to get that recognition i will want my school to get that name right so the enthusiasm with which i would do my actions the same enthusiasm or probably a little more of that enthusiasm swami does it but he has no desire at all he does not care whether it gets a recognition he does not care whether his school gets a good name or a bad name and same is the case when swami is interacting with a person he does not care whether this person is going to benefit him is there in any way swami is going to get any benefit out of that person is a rich person is a influential person no constantly swami would say my view is always on loka kalyanam right and that is the greatest lesson that swami has given us and that's why these few verses which krishna explains is a hint to us how we must carry ourselves it is also a hint as to a small window into the nature of the avatar and the nature at we looking at our own swami and reveling in and saying that wow what a personality we've been blessed to know and blessed to be inspired by so with that thought dear listeners i'll conclude this week's episode i'll meet you all again next week for the continuation the next few verses also reiterate whatever krishna has been saying these are very very important verses because these are practical ways by which we can implement whatever is being said here and if i were to summarize whatever was said here the simplest things that we can start doing is can we have the same kind of love and enthusiasm when we are interacting with a person who is not going to benefit us in any way 
can we look at the pain of a person who is in no way connected to us and feel that person's pain a little and even as we are doing whatever we are doing can we think of the larger good i have nothing to gain from this but still i will do it for the good of the others can we have these ideas in our mind these are simple things and as i said simple goodness simple acts of goodness being kind to a watchman being kind to a person who is in the lowest rung of your corporate life all of this adds to what swami is talking of as a nature of a karma yogi right so with those thoughts uh, thank you all for your very very patient listening i hope to meet you all again next week if you have any thoughts to share feel free to write to me feel free to write to listener at radiosai.org or if you are one of those who have jumped into the whatsapp bandwagon you can send us your feedback through our whatsapp number 2 9393258258 that's our whatsapp number 9393258258 you can send in your comments if you found anything what i said disagreeable feel free to give your critical feedback it's always welcome till i meet you next time take care jai sai ram